0: If your marriage needs help but you can't afford counseling, what do you do? Tired of reading marriage books and going to weekend getaways? Well, what if you could help your marriage through the power of sleep? Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts... Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey everybody, this is episode number 38 and we have a very special guest interview to kick off the new year. His name is Sean Stevenson and he is a best-selling author and creator of the Model Health Show, featured as the number one nutrition and fitness podcast in the world on iTunes. With a university background in biology and kinesiology, Sean went on to be the founder of Advanced Integrative Health Alliance, a successful company that provides wellness services for both individuals and organizations worldwide. Sean is also a dynamic keynote speaker who has spoken for TEDx, universities, and numerous organizations with outstanding reviews. We're going to jump into that interview I had with Sean in just a moment. First, though, I want to tell you why I wanted to bring Sean onto the show. This is our first episode for 2015. And it's that time of year when we think about priorities, maybe set some goals and make New Year's resolutions. Well, if you're listening to this, I bet that building your marriage up is one of your goals. So how does Sean, a health guy, tie into that? Well, I had a very simple goal in interviewing Sean. He wrote an awesome book on sleep, which we talk about in the interview. But I wanted Sean to help us understand how we can take care of our marriages by taking care of our sleep. That's right. Did you ever think that... Uh, that you could take your marriage to the next level by taking care of your sleep? Well, Sean tells us how. So, one last comment before we jump in. Sean speaks out of a different worldview than I do, and you'll catch that as you listen, especially when he references the origins of life. However, he is an expert in sleep and shares my passion for helping marriages to succeed. So, without further ado, let's jump into the interview.
1: Hey, Sean. Caleb, how you doing?
0: Jed, good. good to have you on the show here.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure, man. It's an honor. Thank you.
0: Yeah, likewise. So, Sean, back, uh, I think we started this process a little while ago, quite a little while ago. And when I requested the interview, I think my suggestion at that time was, how can we take care of our marriages, our sex life, our family relationships by taking care of our sleep, you know, as a, a mm. kind of a New Year's resolution. So, we're recording this before Christmas, but it's going to come out in the new year.
1: Yeah. I mean, it'll be super valuable whenever, you know, people get their hands on it, but yeah. you know, there's also a tendency towards the new year being a fresh start, clean yeah. slate and really a good time to implement things, you know, but what I really pride myself on doing is giving people strategies that they can actually take and use long-term rather awesome. than it kind of fizzling out over a little bit of time.
0: Awesome. Now that'd be great. So. We did a, an audience survey back at the start of the fall, and one of the recurring themes on there was young couples and families feeling exhausted. Right. And a number of them that made that comment also made the connection that this was taken away from deepening their intimacy. So most of our audience is in that, that 20 to 40-year-old range. I think you know kids' careers, buying a home, all that stuff. How can we help these listeners make gains in their lives through the power of sleep? So what I thought we could actually begin with was just uh to go back one step and say, Hey, does sleep matter? So let's make a case for sleep if you're okay. good to go there. And then sure, give, sure. Some, give some tools.
1: Absolutely. Well, yeah. I often tell people, you know, when you're tired, your best friend can look like your worst enemy. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And I know we've all had this experience, you know, yeah. just like when we we're run down, we didn't get enough sleep, we're gonna be more irritable. Yeah. And that's just a outer an outer experience of something that's going on internal with your physiology. You know, so when, in fact, so here's what some of the research has shown. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, when you don't sleep or when you get just one night of poor quality sleep, just 24 hours of sleep deprivation, mm-hmm. what happens is you're going to get about a 14%. Well, let's start at the ground floor. You'll get a 6% decrease in the glucose reaching your brain. Hmm. Okay. So basically you become a little bit dumber. Okay. Right? You also become a little bit more, the the other parts of your brain start to take over. So what I'm talking about is six percent decrease in your prefrontal cortex. It's the more human part of our brain, the part of our yeah. brain that helps to make decisions that uh, helps us with compassion and understanding and patience, yeah. willpower. Yeah. So even though you might want to say something, you don't say it, you know, yeah, it's a lot of things you can't take back.
0: That's all that stuff that's good for relationships is shutting down there, right I mean, it it happens, you know, And so
1: what happens there is so there's a six percent decrease, but in particular, there's going to be a fourteen percent decrease overall in the part of your brain that's really, really responsible for your decision making. Okay. Okay, so now, when I'm talking about the other parts of your brain taking over, basically we've got three brains that have evolved on top of one another. And I think it's a good important point to talk about these. So we've got our amygdala, which is more of like the quote, reptilian brain, right? This is a very, very primitive part of our brain, only concerned with survival. Only concerned about, do you eat me, or am I gonna eat you, you know? It's just like very, very primitive, looking for safety, And threats all the time. But on top of that, we've also evolved the limbic brain. Okay. And so this is what pretty much all mammals have. You know, this is why, you know, dogs can feel emotion, this whole thing. And so the limbic part of the brain is concerned with the four Fs, is what we talk about in our profession. The four Fs are fighting, fleeing, feeding, and procreation. Okay. Okay. So those are the four Fs. All right. And then on top of that, we have the more evolved human brain, you know, the prefrontal cortex, which we've got the most developed of any being on this planet. And so what happens when you're sleep deprived, the amygdala does a hijack, right? And it becomes very hypersensitive and hyper alert, okay? And also the limbic brain starts to shift more towards feeding, okay? Mm -hmm. Feeding and fleeing a situation. It doesn't want to be bothered, right? And I know that everybody's also experienced this as well. So again, Mm -hmm. I'm just giving a little slight glimpse into how this does, in fact, Mm interrupt your physiology just by being tired. Mm -hmm. You know, We can go on and on with the data and the the Mm -hmm. importance that this has as well. But Mm -hmm. of course we wanna get into some of the strategies to help people with
0: it. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, like who knew that there was such a big impact from missing a little bit of sleep, eh?
1: Yeah, I mean, sleep, this is the thing. I want people to really walk away understanding that sleep is known as the anabolic state. This means that it's the only process or only state of a human being that helps to rebuild and rejuvenate you. Okay. Being awake is catabolic, period. You mm. know, something is breaking down. But we need both. You know, mm-hmm. it's a counterbalance. And in our lives, especially in relationship context, having a family, mm-hmm. if we've got 10 things to do and sleep is one of them, we tend mm-hmm. to just omit the sleep. Yeah, You know, we'll just it's be like, I'll to get go. to that later. Not understanding that the sleep is actually going to make all the other things that are you're doing when you're up and functioning so much easier, mm-hmm. and so much more joyful. It's going to be hard. You've got to kind of force yourself and try to be more compassionate and understanding yep. and patient loving yeah. versus just being your natural state.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sean, that's so helpful because it just, you you know, we all experience that where we have to really kind of push ourselves to be how we'd rather be than right. when we are more naturally like that, when we're rested. Mm. And, you know, one interesting thing I found and I just love the brain science you're talking about, this has come a little bit more from the relationship side is in the journal of psychosomatic medicine. There's an article in 2010 and, They were saying that men, when they had poor sleep, that predicted more negative ratings of their interactions with their spouse the next day. Right. Yeah. That was not seen in the female spouse. But Mm. in the female spouse, it was the reverse association. So daytime interactions affected nighttime sleep. So if she had a bad relational day with her spouse, she couldn't get to sleep. And if he had a poor sleep, it was negative ratings of the next day's interactions. So it's almost like you can get into this vicious cycle.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's yeah. so interesting. I'm so glad that you brought that up because this is, these are things that I've seen in, in clinical practice. Okay. You know? And also, I want to point one thing out really quickly yeah. that just kind of came up while you were talking is the fact that even if we're learning something valuable, like right now, people are tuned in and they're learning some different insights and skills that they're going to be able to use in their, in their, in their life from here on out. However, it's not going to really become a part of you unless you sleep. Because Man. there's an interesting thing that happens called memory processing when you fall asleep, in REM sleep in particular. So this is when your short-term memory, so things you learn today become your long-term memories. Okay. You know, so they actually become a part of you. So when you're missing out on that, again, it doesn't matter how much compassion training you do or how many books you're reading, the five love, love languages, or whatever it might be, it's going to be more difficult for it to become a part of who you are yeah. if you're not resting and, and getting recovered. And also, so just to kind of um, piggyback on what you just brought up, Yeah, we also have to understand we have a different template. You know, the male brain and female brain is wired up differently. Mm -hmm. And it is what it is. Mm -hmm. It's not that one is better or worse or anything like that. It's more so that they're complementary to each other. Yeah, You know, you can see there's a yin and yang there of how to just describe that situation, you know. And so we have to understand. And here's another interesting thing is that most relationship issues have a lot to do with money Mm -hmm. or being tired and worn out. Okay, hmm. these are like the two major things, right? And when you're tired and worn out, this is when you tend to make poor choices. Yeah. And I actually put into my book there was a physician study. These physicians actually do a task. Okay, so they did a task. Yep. Then they sleep deprived them just one day. Sleep deprivation okay. had them come back and do the same task. They made twenty percent more mistakes. Wow. And it took them fourteen percent longer. Wow. Okay. Doing the yeah. same exact thing. Yeah. All right. And we're doing this every day in our day-to-day lives. We're thinking that if I just work more, I'll get there. Yeah. Not understanding there's a difference between working and being effective. Yeah. You know, and it, if you're not being effective, it's just creating so much more unconscious stress and conscious stress as yeah. well. Yeah. You know, it's just going to fizzle up and it's going to bust at some point. So yes. this is why this stuff is so important.
0: So, and, and you mentioned stress there too, that was uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but sleep is really one aspect of stress regulation, right? Yes, so if we don't regulate the stress, we can have more disturbed sleep, which can lead to more negative outcomes on the relationship yeah. side too, right?
1: Yeah, we can actually, this is a good segue into <sighs> yeah. um, some of these principles. Yeah. And one of the big catchwords today, as far as stress is concerned, is this stress hormone called cortisol. So everybody's talking about cortisol. My yeah. cortisol is up. I've got cortisol issues. My, I've got adrenal fatigue, which your cortisol is a, uh, produced by your adrenal glands. So what is this whole cortisol issue? Well, cortisol is so important. It's so valuable. It's just when it gets out of balance is, the, is when it's a problem. Okay. You need cortisol just to stand up. Okay. You, know? like you need that. However, when your body's in a hyper tense state, so basically fight or flight hmm. is on all the time, that's when you can get into some serious trouble. And here's some of the issues with cortisol. So cortisol can do this really interesting thing where it can break your muscle tissue down through a process called gluconeogenesis. Okay. So that means sugar creation, okay. Okay? new creation. It can break your muscle tissue down and turn it into sugar. Okay? And when sugar's active in your bloodstream, that turns on a hormone called insulin. Insulin is your body's fat-storing hormone. Hmm. So cortisol can literally turn your body from a leaner body into a fatter person, just from stress. From stress. Okay? And I also tell people, you can either eat your way fat, you can under move your weight fat or you can stress your weight fat. Wow. You know, a lot of people don't know about that third one. They'll be eating a, a great diet, exercise, and probably too much, adding to the stress. Yeah. Wonder why things aren't really budging. And it's because of this stress issue. It's a serious thing. Hmm. So what the research indicates as far as the sleep is concerned. I mean, there's so many different facets of this. But let's let me think of something really interesting to share. Okay. Here's a great one. Sure. You've probably heard of people that people shouldn't here. Matter of fact, let's, let's be real basic with this. Melatonin, right? Melatonin is known as the sleep hormone, but it's not, that's a misnomer. It's really the get good sleep hormone. Okay. okay? It helps you to get deeper, higher quality sleep, more anabolic sleep. Melatonin is the antithesis of, of cortisol. Okay. So when melatonin is up, cortisol is down. If cortisol is up, melatonin is down. Okay. Okay. So if people have a higher stress level, their sleep quality is going to suck. Yeah. It's going to be very, very difficult for them to get the more rejuvenative yeah. stages for sleep, okay, that they really need to recover, yes. all right? So this is why you must, absolutely must have a stress management practice, as well as one of the tips. So if you, it's okay, I'll go ahead and share a tip right now.
0: Yeah, let's jump into, you know, how, how do we get out of that cycle? Because I'm sitting here thinking, okay, my, you know, my stress is up, I can't sleep. And I, because I can't sleep, I get more stressed Or stress more easily, right? So how do I break out of that? How do we? Yeah.
1: So here's how one of the strategies of breaking the vicious circle. In my book, Sleep Smarter, I've got a diagram actually indicating and showing the normal cortisol rhythm. Okay. Okay, So how the normal normal person secretes cortisol through the day. And basically right around the hours of 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., it's at its highest peak. Right. I remember that. And then it gradually declines throughout the day and bottoms out in the evening, say somewhere around eight to 10 at night. Okay, like That's when melatonin is going to be the highest, or well, should be, right? Yeah. So, But a lot of people are what we call tired and wired. So they've got these flipped. They're waking yeah. up tired, right? And at nighttime, they just feel like they're just turned on. They're up, Yeah. you know? So how do you reset this so that you can actually change your body, get the rejuvenation of sleep, sleep you really want and feel good and be a nicer partner, yes. a more loving partner? Yeah. One of the things we can do, we've got to help to encourage that cortisol spike in the morning. Okay, because that will help to reset the whole template. So there's a study done at Appalachian State University. They took exercisers and had them exercise at three different times. One group exercised at 7 a.m., second group exercised at 1 p.m., third group exercised at 7 p.m. at night. Okay. What they discovered was that the morning exercisers got up to 75% more time in the deep stages of sleep. Okay, Exercising in the morning can literally help you sleep better at night. Okay. okay, up to seventy five percent more time. That's incredible. That was, uh, nugget in and of itself.
0: Sorry, I was, I was hoping you were going to say drinking Starbucks in the morning was going to help you sleep better. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we did
1: talk about caffeine too, but yeah. so we'll, let's come back to that in yeah, a second. It's okay. a good, good one because it's important. Yeah. So what I want people to walk away with is understanding yeah. that by you exercising in the morning, you're you're encouraging that normal cortisol spike because when right. you're exercising, cortisol is going to be up. Okay. All right. It's just how it is. If you're exercising at night, cortisol is going to be up. So, what's that going to do to melatonin? Mm-hmm. Ground floor, right? right? So, it's not a good idea, especially if you, if you have a history of sleep problems to exercise late in the evening. Especially, like there are very few things that I would use the this four letter word, hate. Yep. But I, I hate twenty four hour gyms, man. Okay, it's just like it's yeah. so counterproductive to being healthy. Yeah, you know, I don't hate them. Let me tell it you kind of it. well, it kind of fakes I you out, out right? Like, I just like them.
0: It fakes you out because you think you're doing something really good for yourself at those late hours, but you're actually kind of you're kind of shunting your benefits out the back door at the same time. By yeah. the sounds of it,
1: and because of our life structure with all the stuff we have going on today, we feel some people feel that it's the only time they can get it in. Yeah, not understanding that if you're not sleeping, you're not going to get the results anyways. Mm. Okay, so one of the biggest tips is do some physical activity in the morning. In the morning, and this does not mean you have to hit the gym at, okay. at in the morning hours. You can do so many different things. So it's wintertime here yeah, uh, and I live in the Midwest. So I've got my rebounder. So it's like a little mini trampoline okay. instead of getting out. Cause during the nicer months, I'll get out and like do a power walk for 20, 30 minutes, listen to an audio book or podcast, you know, yeah. like this. Yeah. And just kind of learn while I burn is my yeah. whole kind of um, yeah. tagline that I put out there. Yeah. But um, right now I'll just hop on the, the rebounder. Lymph yeah. radically uh, helps to, cleanse your lymphatic system. Hmm. Also, it's one of those things that really helps to tone up the midsection. Like if you actually are jumping on that rebounder, you put your hand on your belly, you feel those muscles are turned on. NASA, they're like the smart guys, right? Literally yeah. we say like rocket scientists, yeah. you know? Are they, are they a rocket scientist? Yes, they said that <laughs> rebounding is by far the best human huh. exercise because huh. of something called G-force. When you're rebounding, so when you hit the trampoline surface, you've got pressure like, 20 times more your body weight going on to all of your cells. Mm-hmm. And then you come up and you're literally weightless. Yep. Okay. So it's making all the cells in your body basically do like power pushups, right? So it's really, really powerful stuff. So you can do that, a little rebounding. You can do some yoga, like some more power yoga. You, if you've yeah. only got four <laughs> minutes, you can do Tabata. Hmm. You know, there's so many different things that you can do in the morning. It's just finding you can get up and dance, you know, you can do, yeah. do whatever it is that feels good to you, but this is going to help you to sleep better at night. If you yes. do this activity in the morning yes. and just kind of driving yourself, if you're not quote a morning person Yeah, to start doing this initially, this can transform your, your health
0: entirely. Awesome. Cool. So that's a gain. And, you know, we're often thinking about that uh, exercise in the new year, right? And I'm glad you mentioned the rebounder because in, you know, in my part of the world, it's, it's discouraging to go outside in the morning (laughs) (laughs) it's like minus 30, right? So it's good to be able to do that. Now let's touch on the coffee thing before I I wanted to go a little bit about sleeping together and some of those dynamics, but let's touch on that coffee thing for a few minutes. That's popular with a lot of us, right?
1: Oh yeah. All right. So, oh, really quickly though. um, Yeah. I mentioned about you, you're not going to get in shape if you're not sleeping This is because, you know, oftentimes when somebody goes to the gym and my question is just for everybody, for everybody listening, are you in better shape after you do a workout? Hmm. And a lot of times just kind of unconsciously we'll think that we're in in better shape after we work out. Yeah. The fact is you're in better shape when you walk in the gym than after the workout. If I was to take you in and get your blood work done, I do a hormone panel right after your workout, you would look like there's something wrong with you probably. Okay. You know, you'd have... Your biomarkers for inflammation would be up. Uh, stress hormones would be up. But it's not that it's something bad happened. You just did a, a good workout. So mm. this is called a hormetic stressor. You actually change. So you're in worse shape now after you work out, but your body changes while you're asleep. Mm. This anabolic state, the rebuilding of you, happens while you're asleep. It cannot happen while you're awake. All the nutrition, all of the, the, the water drinking, all that stuff helps your body to recover and change while it's at rest, total rest, in deep anabolic stage three and four sleep. All right, so that's the big secret, guys. You've got to get the sleep to actually change your body and get the results.
0: You have to pair so the back sleep
1: to the coffee. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: sorry. You, I was just saying you got to pair the sleep with the exercise. Like they really have to go hand in hand. Yes. yes, yeah.
1: It's it's part of the three pillars. You know, the nutrition, uh-huh. the exercise, and the sleep. Those things without okay. one of the uh, it, it'll have a tendency to fall over. You know, okay. if you look at it like a table. Yeah. You know, once you bring that third component in there, it's very stable.
0: That's so really now, that's really valuable because we often forget about that but go ahead let's uh let's get to our coffee our beloved coffee <laughs> Go easy on this so, here
1: <laughs> Oh man I mean I'm a fan of caffeine okay you know, I, I enjoy I enjoy with caffeine Caffeine has a long history of resonance with the human body yeah. you know thousands of years of documented use mm-hmm. but in our world today it's become a necessity instead mm-hmm. of like um, kind of like a, a tradition or yeah. something that's uh, more of a rit- ritualistic process. It's just like yeah. unconscious. I need the coffee to function, yeah. right? It's like a crutch. And so, what I encourage people to do actually, I dedicated a chapter to this is talking about uh, having a caffeine curfew. And this is because, very simply, caffeine has a half life of about eight hours. So, what that means is if you consume 200 milligrams of caffeine, say, for example, like a super smoke a mocha latte, whatever, Starbucks, right? Yep. 200 milligrams of caffeine. <laughs> Eight hours later, half of it, so 100 grams is still active in your system, and it's a nervous system stimulant, okay. okay? So that can create radical disruptions in your sleep quality. And actually, I cited a study showing that they took people, they had them consume caffeine right before bed, literally right before they go to sleep, yep. three hours before, and six hours before. And they noted that even six hours out, had notable sleep loss of sleep quality. As a matter of fact, they got one hour less total deep sleep wow. from having caffeine six hours before bed, hmm. right? Like that is crazy and huge yeah. to, to notice. And so what happened was they, they did that based off of brainwave monitoring, right? So monitoring their actual sleep patterns with equipment. So the objective, and they also did subjective. Mm-hmm. So what the person felt, they felt like, oh, I got eight hours of sleep is no problem but they actually lost an hour of sleep. This is where we start to get into this confusion. Okay. We feel like we're okay, but we have this gravitation towards, let me get some more caffeine. Yeah, And we start to create this another vicious circle right. know, to where you need it to actually
0: function. So right. you need so, that uh, four o'clock kind of push through the end of the workday, right. but you're actually kind of sabotaging yourself for the next day. Exactly. Yeah. And you start the whole thing over again. So what I encourage people to
1: do is have a c- caffeine curfew. If you're going to consume caffeine, it depends on your metabolism for caffeine. It's okay. not eight hours exactly for everybody. Some okay. people process it faster. Some are super sensitive. Okay. So I encourage people to get your caffeine in in the early part of the day. So okay. we're talking you know, before noon, preferably, or at least stopping by two o'clock if you're planning okay. on getting to bed between you know, 10 or 10 to 11, 12 o'clock. It's a really simple thing, but yep. it can help you a lot. And you might not necessarily feel like you have that extra charge in the middle of the day at first, but your body will readapt. And I break all that down the science about how that actually functions in the body in the book. So um, have the caffeine, but just respect it and also encourage you to cycle it too. So take some time and get your body off of it as well so that your receptor sites for the caffeine can kind of get refreshed and it actually feels good. Because you probably had this experience of, you know, like when you first have that caffeine, you're like, this is incredible. And then after yeah. having it consistently, you don't get that same kind of pleasure, you know, that yeah. same kind of um, response. So that's because your body's become adapted to it, you know? Right. So by cycling it, you can get re- re-energized when you
0: have it. Awesome. Thanks, Sean. And we will definitely, uh, we're going to put a link in our, our show notes for your book too. I read it myself. It was a great book. What I love about your book is it's like you can read one mm-hmm. chapter at a time. You don't have to sit down and capture the whole uh, thing, but everything stands on its own. It's a super book to read. Awesome. Thank you. Lots of good stuff in there. And we'll talk a little bit about that at the end. Now let's talk about the bedroom. One of the things I'm wondering about in the bedroom is, you know, what about sleeping together? Mm. Uh, what if your spouse is one of those spouses that just burns hot through the night? And we, you talk about temperature a little bit too. And I just, on one yeah. of your recent episodes on your podcast, uh, The Model Health Show, which is a great podcast, by the way, for our listeners, if you're looking for another uh, health podcast. Believe you're talking to a gentleman, and there was something that ran into his bed under the covers, and he could cool his body down with that. Even, yeah. I don't know if that's uh, kind of a side note, or what's your thoughts on having a hot spouse. (laughs) He's got
1: like a cooling pad. So this is Dr. (laughs) Kelly Starrett, and he's one of the smartest guys on the planet. You know his understanding of of human anatomy and, and physiology, but he's just one of those people. He runs hot, you know, and he would be tossing and turning at night. You know, he's doing all these other good sleep hygiene things, but just his body temperature would cause him to not get the most rejuvenated to sleep possible. So he's got this pad, he sleeps on like a cool pad. Okay. And he's just like, and I'm out, like I am dead to the world You know, when I'm asleep now. And that's kind of one of the things he figured out that was a great trigger for him. Okay. But more so, before you even get to that point, there are some things you can do. I and mean, yeah, I do talk about this because in the evening, say around eight, nine, 10 o'clock, we have a normal, natural drop in our core body temperature to help facilitate sleep, okay? Okay. So what they found, is discovered, is that people with chronic sleep problems, also they're known as insomniacs, or people with insomnia symptoms, they tend to run warmer in the evening around that time because their body's gotten out of sync with nature, okay? And so this is all the stuff we're talking about, really, is that we are a part of nature, man, you know? We just forget that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so this is these are small things that help us to get synced back up with the natural rhythms of the planet. Yeah. And this is not some airy fairy woo woo this isn't this is real science. Okay. You know, you are part of nature, you're part of this planet. You cannot exist, one cannot exist without the other, you know, if yeah. if the, the earth is operating with you being a part of it, you have to fall in line with what it's doing, okay? Or you're going to have pain. Right? Yeah. So anyways, one of the great tips is So with this normal natural drop in core body temperature, if we're keeping our house too warm, it can fight that. So I encourage people to keep it cooler, especially at night in the bedroom. Hmm. Um, What the research indicates, and this is going to sound like kind of crazy for people, but between 60 and 68 degrees is the spot people, yeah, that's what the research indicates. So it's pretty cool. Now, I would say, let's go up to like 72, you know, maybe. Would be reasonable, but and it just depends on the person, too. Some people yeah. like they're totally with that, but some people like my wife is actually from Kenya, you know, so she's e- just kind of her genetics has evolved in a warmer climate. Yeah, so in wintertime, like for years, she just had this little space heater and it became like her part time lover. It was not me, it was the space <laughs> heater battling it out, right? Yeah, but now because also her hormones has cha- have changed as she's. Um gotten older and also having a child and now yeah. the that's gone, but she still has her blanket. Okay. You know. And so at night I do keep it cooler. And what she does is she just wears warm socks to bed. Like okay. this is usually your extremities. You know, whereas I'm sleeping with just, you know, maybe some boxes on and yeah. she's being kind of like she's got a little outfit on and, and yeah. her little socks. And we both get equally great sleep now. Right. You know, so just finding that balance and just matching and, that up. Being a cool in the bedroom overall is going to help everybody sleep yeah. better.
0: Yeah. I know if we can crack our window open a little bit, it sure helps uh, even in the yeah. winter time. And I think the fresh air is good for you too, just for cleansing the air in the house. Absolutely,
1: and- The air ha- carries ions. So it's, when we're breathing, it's not just oxygen that we're getting. We're also getting ionic elements, okay, that are in the air yeah. and they're elect- They're supposed to be electrically charged. That electrons mean energy, Okay. But what happens is the air literally can start to become stale and stagnant because it's not moving. Air is like we would really, again, evolve to be outdoors. And even if we're indoors to have circulation happening. So when we Mm. block that off in our little boxes that we live in, the air becomes stagnant and it's less energizing. And this is why if people go to the ocean or they go to a waterfall, like you just feel invigorated, you know, like you feel rejuvenated by being in those conditions. It's because there's so many more ionic elements that we're, consuming. So just by you keeping a window open, uh, cracking the window, a fan can help circulate the air. And then also in the book, I talk about air ionizers are becoming more popular and also just the basic humidifier can help out a lot. So any of these things, these are helping to create a sleep sanctuary, you know, by having these things present
0: in your bedroom. That's awesome, Sean. Super helpful advice there. Now, uh, last uh, point just to ask you about before we wrap it up, Let's talk about sexual intimacy and uh, couples. So you mentioned the big O, I believe, is one of the titles of (laughs) one of your chapters, right? So sex has an impact on our sleep as well.
1: Yeah. You know, it's so funny that in our our lexicon today, it's like it's called sleeping together, right? It's because prior to, you know, kind of our modern way of living, especially with guys, after they would have an orgasm, they'd fall asleep, you know, but also women as well. And it's because of when you, when you have an orgasm, you secrete a cocktail of chemicals ranging from prolactin to oxytocin, mm-hmm. all right? Which is like the cuddle hormone, yep. right? Yep. Also, you know, serotonin, uh, endorphins, and encathilines, things that make you feel good and feel relaxed. And so what the research indicates is that when they took laboratory animals and injected them with prolactin, they became tired immediately. Okay. And so men actually, when they have, um, when they have an ejaculation through Intercourse, yep. they secrete up to four times more prolactin hmm. than if they do it via masturbation. Hmm. So this is why when you're with your partner and you have sex, you're going to have a much more greater propensity towards falling into deep, deeper, higher quality sleep. Hmm. Right, wow. and the same thing goes with women as well, you know. Hmm. But it just it, it takes oftentimes more communication, care, attention, you yeah. know, to make sure that. And in the book, I actually cited a study. Showing that I believe it was 39% of the women who were surveyed that masturbate do it for the purpose of stress relief, hmm. okay, being able to relax so they can sleep. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's just like one of those hmm. interesting studies. And so you guys can work together. Yeah. And everybody's happy. And yeah. also everybody's getting great sleep as well. You know, it's an important part of any relationship. And by the way, yes, I cannot leave without sharing this little piece of data. It was discovered. Um, that couples who have a TV in their bedroom have 50% less sex. Really? 50%. Wow. <laughs> so the guys listening right now, pause this, go get the TV out. Get the TV go out of your bedroom. Your, your love life so much because it's a distraction. Yeah. In sleep. Yeah. You know, and you know, also we talk about the different aspects and, and effects that it has on your sleep. But yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: No worries, man. I was just going to say, you probably, it's giving you that white light too, right? which uh, is something to talk (laughs) about not getting the white light from the LCD screens that we see now too. Reminds me of that movie, Carol Ann.
1: Carol Ann. Uh, Guides. Yeah. Oh, creeps me out still. You'll have to
0: fill me in on that one.
1: Oh, you don't know about poltergeist? Oh, man. No. Well, it's like, it's a classic here in the U.S. I don't know if in Canada it's a little bit different, but that is like, just don't watch it. Matter of fact, forget I said it. It's okay. so creepy. Don't watch, it, all
0: right? don't watch but the it was movie. Like
1: When I was a kid. Yeah.
0: Don't put the TV in your bedroom. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and Sean, we're going to throw some links in the show notes here, definitely. So people can find out more about what you're teaching on health and sleep. But uh, from your perspective, what's the best way that our listeners uh, or readers that come to our website, they can learn more from you? Where would you like us to direct them?
1: Well, definitely my home online is the seanstevensonmodel.com. Okay. And you can just, you know, Google me, Google Sean Stevenson, I'll come up. Uh, It's Sean, S-H-A-W-N, Stevenson, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-O-N. And um, the greatest resource that's out there is the Model Health Show, which we're on iTunes, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Uh, We have hundreds of thousands of downloads of the show every single month. Hmm. And uh, a lot of people, you know, 170 countries, I didn't even know there's that many countries, but people are really getting their hands on this information because each episode is like a masterclass. Yeah. And that's something that you can literally retrain the way that you think and get Mm -hmm. strategies. And we make it all simple, you know, like instead of making it so complex and, you know, somebody's smarter than you and you, you can't do certain things or you're going to figure it out on your own. Make it so simple because that's what great teachers do is they make you feel smart. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, because we're all so gifted and talented, man. Yeah, and so that's the other place. And I, I'm pretty new to social media. Yeah. I I confess, but people can find me at Twitter. I'm at Sean Model on Twitter. Okay, at Sean Model on Instagram. Somebody like pulled me to the computer, put me an Instagram account. <laughs> I'm always sharing cool stuff there now. So, good for you. Uh, those are the different places people can find me.
0: Okay, well, really appreciate it, Sean. And you know, I can just affirm what you said that you do give a tremendous amount of valuable content in your episodes, and I can tell there's a ton of research and work that you put in. And, As one of your listeners, I appreciate it. So I want to thank you as well. And thank you for joining us today on the only podcast. We appreciate it very much.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Good. Thanks, Sean. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoy that. I know I sure did. And Sean was a very gracious, easy person to interview. Plus, we got to geek out a little bit on the research, which is always awesome. Remember to check out Sean's book, Sleep Smarter as well as this health show on iTunes. I'll have links to both of those on our website at OYF.link slash 38. Berlin and I hope you have an absolutely blessed new year. And remember, our goal is to help build as many thriving, passionate marriages as we can. If this episode was helpful to you, can you please open up iTunes on your Mac or PC right away? Search for only you forever. Go to the reviews tab, click. The button that says write a review. That helps raise our show's ranking in iTunes, which helps us to reach more people. Thanks so much and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the OnlyUForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our
1: podcast at slash love. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.